0: From Unity of the Valley Spiritual Center in Vacaville, California. Now, Now, here's Reverend Diane Adams. Another Mother's Day gift we'd like to give to you today is our guest speaker, Paul Whitney. Paul is a longtime Unity Truth student. Paul is an insightful and inspirational speaker, so please enjoy now, Paul Whitney. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Unity of the Valley Spiritual Center here in beautiful Vacaville, California. It's a beautiful morning here in Northern California. I hope it's beautiful where you are too. We'd like to say welcome to our home. We hope you make it your home, whether you're going to come back and join us in the pews one day or... Continue to watch us online during our streaming service. We welcome you with open arms, and we love you, and we want to share with you all that we can. And I want to give a very special welcome to those people who are watching us this morning outside of Northern California, such as Texas, South Carolina, Maryland, Pennsylvania, and even, ready, Finland. Unity community, we even have people in Finland who at least have viewed our church service. For those of you in Finland, I'd like to say, hiva huamenda, which in Finnish means, good morning, or depending on my pronunciation, my chickens have lost their coconuts. So great people of Finland, if I have butchered your language, take solace in knowing that there are many Germans and Italians who have suffered much more under my attempts with foreign languages. Well, we welcome you with open arms anyway, and we hope you're having as sunny and warm, beautiful day in Scandinavia as we are here in Northern California. When I was asked to to give a talk and I came up with this title, Who Shall Inherit the Earth? Uh, This was prior to all the recent goings-on with coronavirus and sheltering. And then when I found out I was scheduled in mid-April to give this talk, I thought, well, you know, maybe, maybe this isn't the right talk because when we talk about inheritance, We think of getting something after somebody has made their transition from their earthly existence. And then I had a family emergency and I had to leave. And I came back and, of course, I'm scheduled for Mother's Day today. So, happy Mother's Day. And then I thought, oh, should I give a completely different talk now? Should I get rid of this title, Who Shall Inherit the Earth? And really, this is the perfect talk to give on Mother's Day because I don't want to talk about the inheritance we receive when somebody makes their transition. I want to talk about the inheritance we receive when our moms give birth to us, our spiritual inheritance, our inheritance of life, and what that means. So it's especially poignant on Mother's Day that we talk about that which we are entitled to inherit. And we owe our moms a lot. Now, I'm sure our dads had something to do with our earthly existence here. But let's face it, our moms did the heavy lifting. They're the ones who gave birth to us. So they're the ones that get the special recognition on this day. So if you're here in the U.S., happy Mother's Day to you. We hope you have a wonderful day. And we hope that you claim your inheritance today too. And you're going to learn what that is. Now who shall inherit the earth? Many people know the biblical story. When Jesus said, blessed are the meek for they shall inherit the earth. This is very confusing for many people, uh, not excluding myself. What does that mean that the meek will inherit the earth? It kind of implies that there's some fatherly God out there who's going to take pity on those of us who have had less than in our earthly existence, or maybe we're in a weaker or disenfranchised state. So we think of frail or maybe very elderly sometimes we think of the homeless as the meek i would challenge that you know homeless people are probably anything but meek they may be disenfranchised they may have lost hope but how many of us are ready today to go out and find our own shelter food water and exist day in and day out as hard as homeless people have it that's not a characteristic of being meek for me. And what about people who are timid? Are they meek as well? Well, don't pressure timid people to be brave. Give them hope and they will be bold. Right? So I'm not really sure I understand this meaning of meek. It implies that it's a permanent characteristic trait. And I'm just not willing to buy that. One of the problems with many... Biblical passages is that over the years it's been interpreted through several languages Aramaic, Latin, Greek. And in the biblical term meek, it descends from this Greek word called praeus. I hope I'm, those of you watching from Greece, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly as well. And praeus has a very different meaning than what we give to the word meek. Praeus can mean possessing strength, yet refusing to demonstrate it. And this is a picture of the biblical story where a Roman centurion went to ask Jesus to heal his house servant who had become ill. Now, if you know anything about history in biblical times, a Roman centurion did not have to ask or humble himself to anybody. Specifically, a, a Jewish man walking around the, the backcountry roads of uh, Uh, Israel, Jordan, and that entire area. They pretty much could act with impunity. And another way to demonstrate the word meek as it comes from praeus is possessing and knowing how to use a sword but keeping it sheathed, right? Possessing and knowing how to use a sword but keeping it sheathed. And there's many definitions we can even use for the word sword as well. Jesus himself said, Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. Now, I know you're all biblical scholars, but when I think of Jesus Christ, the last thing I think about is this meek man and the understanding that I have of the word meek here in America with the English language. Now keep in mind, Jesus was known to go into the temple where people were changing money in this holy place, and he started throwing over the tables where all these money changers were working. That doesn't sound very meek. Jesus went and he spent time with lepers. Jesus went and assisted Samaritans. Samaritans at the time were the outcasts of society. They were truly the disenfranchised of society during Jesus' time. And if that's not good enough for you, Jesus faced Satan himself, the fallen angel who tempted Jesus. And Jesus looked him right in the eye and said, get behind me, Satan. He wasn't going to fall for it. That doesn't sound meek at all to me. That sounds like a man of great courage, a man who is one with God as we know him, and is a man who knew what was his to do here on earth. He knew what his rightful inheritance was. this is a a painting depicting what's called a Gordian knot. Anybody know what a Gordian knot is? A Gordian knot is a term used to describe a seemingly unsolvable problem or a particularly difficult situation in which there doesn't seem to be an apparent solution. And this painting depicts Alexander the Great. And you may be thinking to yourself, Paul, what on earth are you doing? This guy was a Tremendous conqueror of Asia and parts of Europe. And what business does he have in a lecture about Jesus Christ and a church on Mother's Day? Well, this depicts Jesus, uh, I'm sorry, Alexander the Great going into Gordium. And Gordium was a capital of a region called Phrygia, which is now modern-day Turkey. And there was a legend there that there was this chariot that had been bound by many, many knots, and Oracle had predicted that whatever man could figure out how to undo those knots would one day inherit all of Asia, and many, many craftspeople struggled trying to undo these knots, and upon entering the city, Alexander the Great went up to this chariot, looked at the knots, and simply took out his sword and chopped the knots free, thus solving the problem because Alexander knew that destiny is not something brought about by legend. Remember, it was the legend of who would inherit Asia if they could undo these knots. But by clearing away with one's own sword. Now, we all have our knots. We all have our guardian knot. That seeming problem that kind of exists with us and we don't know how to solve it. Or maybe it's a recurring knot that we don't know how to get rid of. And we all possess a sword, whether we realize it or not. It may not be a physical sword that we keep sheathed at our side, but we have a sword to cut away those knots. But the problem is we spend so much time exhausting ourselves trying to undo those knots, like all those craftsmen in Gordium, trying to get that chariot free, that we waste ourselves when the answer could be right in front of our eyes with our own sword. And one of the biggest knots that we frequently possess is the knot of fear, fear and uncertainty. Now, fear sometimes can come in handy. A lion enters this room, I'm going to be fearful. I'm going to run for cover, find something to put between me and the lion, or find somebody in the audience who I think runs a lot slower than I do. That's what I'm doing if a lion comes in. Or another way to put your own knot of fear in, you're on a tropical island. A hurricane's coming through. There's no shelter. You tie yourself to the strongest palm tree there is. Tie a nice tight knot. But eventually, that fear should pass with the storm, and you should undo that knot and move forward. But what so often happens is we keep that knot tied, right? And why do we do that? Because our knots tend to become quite comfortable over time if we leave them tied. Voltaire was quoted as saying, it is difficult to free people from the chains they revere. What that means is sometimes we tie that knot, and it's a little uncomfortable at first, but if we leave it there, we get used to it. right? We leave that knot of fear there, pretty soon it becomes part of us. And the truth is we're always moving into progress and uncertainty, or we're always retreating into safety. Right? That knot represents safety to us. Whatever knot that is, whether it's in a relationship we tie a knot, in an employment situation we tie a knot, that represents safety to us. We feel secure. Not realizing that's only supposed to be a temporary safety net for us. We're supposed to undo that knot and then move forward into progress. And the reason why we should move forward into progress is because Jesus told us it's our Father's How about we say, it's our mother's good pleasure to give us the kingdom. No mother ever gave birth to the child and said, boy, I hope my child lives in fear and timidity and uncertainty and is too fearful to move forward to claim what is their rightful inheritance of a very full and prosperous life. I can't believe that any mother thinks that about their child. And so these are the kinds of knots that bind us. Let's talk about what's going on right now around us. Coronavirus. Coronavirus can be a knot if we let it. Right? We If you watch the news, good lord if you watch the news. I am on a very low news diet all the time, but especially now. Low news diet. A few weeks ago, I had a family emergency, my stepmother passed away, and I was going to honor the coronavirus restrictions and not go down to support my father but a few days after that I got a phone call that the sheriffs had picked up my father hundred miles from home and he was confused and driving down the wrong side of the street and so I had that knot of worry and fear like what am I going to do three thousand miles away I'm the only family he has and I remember something that I had prayed back in November because My parents' situation was looking like it was going into further and further decline. And as much as I tried to untie those knots inside me about the worry about what's going to happen to them, I couldn't couldn't get it loose. So I remember in November, it was clear to me right now as I remember it, that I basically gave it up in prayer that I release this. I don't know the answer. I don't know how this is going to work out for them. And I don't know what my role is in all of this. So please, you have to give me an answer. You know what they need, you know what I need. And so when all this started happening, I realized that was my message. I needed to do something. So I hopped on a plane, I took action. I lived in an N95 mask for eight to 10 hours on planes and airports and I gloved up and I decontaminated every single thing that was around me when I was sitting in the plane and off the plane. But that was the big thing for me to get rid of my knot of fear. That which was binding me down was to take action. To go forth knowing that if I took one step, God would take one step toward me too. And it worked out great. I was telling Reverend Dahlia that when I was down in Florida where this was all taking place, I had two weeks where every single day it seemed like a miracle would happen for me. I was told assisted living centers weren't taking uh, new customers or new clients. I found one right away. It was at a price point that was affordable. And they didn't care that my father was confused. A lot of times assisted living facilities, if you have an Alzheimer's diagnosis, which he eventually uh, was diagnosed with, they don't really want them or they want to charge you a lot more. They said they would take them no matter what. It was a blessing. I had to sell his home. He lives in a retirement community, and he lives in a community where sometimes the dwellings take upwards of a year to sell. And so I contacted somebody that was recommended to me, and we sat down, and we signed up a contract. And in 48 hours, I had his home sold in an area where it usually takes about a year. And even up until the day I left, where I was keep going into stumbling blocks, I would just say, you know what? It's not mine to worry about. I'm just going to take action and I'll deal with that which comes my way. And right up to the morning I left, people that I couldn't get on the phone to cancel contracts or even get a flight out of Florida all came to be just with me taking one small step. Another knot that binds us are our relationships. Now... This could be touchy on Mother's Day, but, you know, a lot of times we all have issues with mom or dad that might tie, tie knots in us, or even friends. I know in my life I've had to take out my sword like Alexander and just cut knots away with certain friendships that no longer serve me or were actually quite toxic. Some extending as far back from when I was 10 years old. But as we go through life, we adopt different views of the world, and sometimes those views don't meld with ours. And sometimes we don't know how to deal with it. So we get that knot, we struggle, and we struggle, and the answer is quite simple. It's to take our sword and cut it loose and free ourselves and free the other people in that relationship, too, from keeping up with that behavior with you. Also with relationships on Mother's Day, you know there are a lot of people who tie their own knots with their parents, like every Thanksgiving. I got to make that banana cream pie just like mom did. Even though you may have absolutely zero interest in baking, but you put it upon yourself that you have to do this to keep up the family tradition. Now, Jesus was really good at this, about clearing knots and telling other people about their own knots. Now, there was a story about one of his disciples who said he had to leave because his father had died, and he had to go back and bury his father and go to the funeral. And Jesus said, you know what? Let the dead bury the dead. Your God is the God of the living. Come with me. Now, he wasn't trying to say it's the wrong thing to go to somebody's funeral, a parent's funeral. He's basically just saying, question the dogma you follow. That's a knot. Now, why are you acting the way you... Are, are you acting on a free will? Or are you acting because some kind of knot that you've tied yourself deep within you? also our employment are knots that bind us now i'm not talking about the people who have lost their employment due to this coronavirus i'm talking about the people who maintain a year-to-year relationship with their employment or their chosen profession even though they can't stand it anymore and they're slowly dying and each year they tighten up that knot just a little bit more rather than just releasing that wall of fear and taking a step to something that might be Scary and unpredictable. So remember, we're always stepping toward progress in the unknown or we're retreating into safety. I am sure that if Jesus Christ, the man, were here, he would tell you that there was a lot of uncertainty. He knew his mission in life, but he didn't know where the path would take him. And if you read the story of his life, that's quite evident. His road was not smooth sailing all the time. He ran into hardship, I'm sure, when he was out wandering in the desert. It got cold, it got hot, he got hungry. People wanted things from him he couldn't provide. People expected them to give him the answers that he wanted them to find within themselves. But he took one step forward toward progress. Not just for him, but for the sake of those around him. So if we take a look at the coronavirus, we're all sheltering at home or in place, and I see amazing things happening. For one, in my own neighborhood, I have seen more families, parents and children, out walking. I've lived in my neighborhood for 22 years. Since corona's come, I've seen more families out together walking than I've seen in 22 years combined. It's even somewhat of a hardship for me because, you know, I ride my bike to work back and forth and there are so many people out on the bike path now and they're, they're kind of messing up my, my cadence. But that's fine. It's great to see people out there. So they're taking action. They're not just sitting home tying new knots of fear. Over in Italy, to combat the social isolation people may be feeling, they're going out on balconies and singing to each other. Right? When we go forward into the unknown to progress, new creative ideas will come forth. They tend not to come forth when we step back into safety. And then you've got all these people. I'm looking right now at some people that we've allowed in the church we are wearing these homemade masks. right? There are so many people out there saying, what is mine to do? We have a mask shortage. People are making these beautiful masks that you would never be able to buy two months ago. And it's just wonderful, the creativity, that people are stepping forward and not retreating into fear and safety. It's okay to temporarily retreat into safety when the time calls for it. Not okay to stay there. Because, through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. So you see, life... Shrinks or expands according to one's courage. Or we should say one's vision. We don't see things as they are. We see them as we are. So You can focus on the negative aspect. And there is a negative aspect, right? We don't like to hear or read about death. But should we be focusing on the death or should we be focusing on the life? Right? We've been set free by the spirit of life. We haven't been told to fixate on the reality of death. Do you really want to look back on your life and see how wonderful it could have been had you not been afraid to truly live it? It's a great quote. And I want everybody to take that for homework this week. If you're feeling fear, if you feel that knot, What would it take for you to free yourself from that knot? Where's your sword? We all have that knot that's keeping us from living a wonderful life. Maybe you are living a wonderful life, but maybe you could teach somebody else to live a wonderful life. For most of us right now, it's fear and uncertainty. But fear and uncertainty is a normal part of moving forward and progressing through life. The only way you can avoid fear and uncertainty is to tie yourself to that tree retreat to safety, and never leave it. I don't think we're doing any of our mothers justice if we choose that path. Our mothers did not have us so that we could tie ourselves down and never go forth and never be uncomfortable and never be temporarily scared to try something new, never go out and help the Samaritans of our day. Our mother, like Jesus, wanted us to live fully and live fully each and every day and so with that i want you to go out today and thank your mother for giving your inheritance which is this wonderful life regardless of what's going on happy mother's day to each and every one of you namaste and god bless you thank you for listening to unity of the valley spiritual center Our services are every Sunday, 8 o'clock and 10 o'clock at 350 North Orchard Avenue in Vacaville, California. You can support our podcast by making a donation at www.unityvacaville.org.